Hello and welcome to the Nordic Web Podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Carsten Deppert. Hi, Carsten. Hi. Today we're going to talk about Kings, uh, another huge exit. They've already had one. They've had another. We are going to talk about TidyApp, a Swedish company who acquired Helplin's failed Swedish branch. So we'll talk a little bit about that kind of on-demand cleaning space and what's happening there. We're going to talk about a biotech company called Simris Alg who have raised some money and they are quite interesting. We're also going to talk about a couple of events that we've been to recently in a region or going to. And finally, Carsten will give us an update on what he's been up to with Mocha Mira. So yeah, first of all, we'll kick things off with King. So King, obviously the makers of Candy Crush, Swedish origin, are to be bought by Activision, who are behind Call of Duty for $5.9 billion. Um, yeah. What was your Big reaction deal. to that, Carsten? Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, I, being in Sweden myself, you see it's compared to like uh, uh, King acquired by Activision for X billion dollars. And then it's like, yeah, Volvo was acquired by Chinese uh, Delhi for like, I don't know, a fifth or like one billion or something like that. So it's like, it's huge from a Swedish perspective. Yeah, definitely. One thing I thought was interesting, and actually I made this mistake as well. So when I originally reported on this, I said, Okay, so when they originally went public, they were valued at $7 billion, but Activision are buying them for $5.9 billion, so their value has gone down. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, it was pointed out that the dollar has got considerably stronger in that time period. So actually, if you do the calculations in euros, it's, they're actually paying more than when the company originally listed publicly. So that's really interesting and, and kind of shows you how kind of currencies and time and stuff like that can also change perception yeah. as well as valuation. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's, not, it's really, it's not been that long time since they went public. So it's, it's a quick shift, actually. Yeah. And it will be very interesting to see. I mean, is this good for Activision that they acquired um, King? Yes or no? It's kind of a hard thing to say. Uh, Activision has this reputation for acquiring uh, uh, like the leader in certain niches, uh, like in like Blizzard with uh, um, MMO RPGs and other like yeah leaders in certain uh, niche games. And this is the first uh, time they acquired something in the mobile sector, as far as I've understood. So it will be interesting to see if they can capitalize on that. Uh, or not. I mean, it's very uh, com comparing mobile games to console games. I think it's very different. So it could very well be that it doesn't work in the long run. I mean, it's hard to do. Like you can do a call, you can do a Call of Duty four and five, but in the mobile sector, it's not that easy, as we've seen with uh, Angry Birds, for example. Yeah, cool of candy. It's probably not going to happen anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, when I was thinking about whether it's a good, I mean, loads of people saying what a stupid, you know, people were very outspoken about it being a bad acquisition, a huge price tag, stuff like that. They only have one hit game, et cetera, et cetera. I can see two reasons, and you basically touched on them, or at least one of them, mm. is the fact that it's mobile first, right? They are buying king for that reason their success in the mobile area and the other point is the demographic so king's demographic is a demographic that activision don't currently reach king's demographic is more like the older perhaps female even audience so they are buying into a demographic which they currently don't have which is typically i would say a younger male so they definitely get a benefit there from king's point of view i think it's a great deal for king 
I don't think there's any questions there. But I, I think Activision is like it's kind of a big gamble, right? It could pay yeah. off well, but there's huge risks attached I mean, with that price tag. Gaming in general is a huge gamble. We've seen that. There's nothing to um, make sure. I mean, even if you look like regular games like console or computer games, that's a huge gamble. You spend millions or even billions on making a game and it has to really be get the revenue back once you've made it. And the same on mobile, you can make a lot of games. It's a lot simpler to make a game, but there are very few which actually make a lot of money. So I think gaming will always be a gamble, a little bit like the movie industry as well, I think. Yeah. You never really know what it will hit or not. I agree with that. And actually, the, the good thing about Nordics and gaming is, is that we, we do end up having these big hits. So if you look at the five biggest gaming exits, four of them yeah. are Nordic. It's King Twice, Mojang, yeah. and Supercell. The other one is Zynga. So yeah, four out of the five biggest exits in gaming are from the Nordics. So at least the gaming companies that are being built in the Nordics are kind of, yeah, it may be like one-hit wonders or or whatever, but they're definitely capitalizing on yeah, the yeah. success they have, and they're able to sell for a big price. Yeah, there's enough one-hit wonders, so to say. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as we've seen, well, as we talked about before also, that people stay on top in the app chart for a long time. So it's not just a, it's a one-hit wonder, but it's a long-lasting one-hit. Yeah. Um, so in that's it's really a, really a different market dynamics with the mobile games compared to regular uh, games. Yeah, definitely. But I made a kind of ironic uh, statement at the time, I think, saying, like, who says there's no money to be made in games? And I was, it really was tongue-in-cheek, because I think, of course, you can get these, these big one-off exits, but I think uh, if you look long-term or, or sustainable, you're not, like, as an investor, you, you may get very, very lucky, but it's not really a sustainable bet in terms of gaming. But no, anyway, big, big exit for the region again. Yeah, so that's cool. Cool. So let's move on and talk about a, a company. This is an interesting sector as well, actually. We talk about gaming kind of having its its ups and downs. I think the, the kind of the on-demand economy, if you like, has some equally interesting challenges as well as opportunities. And a Swedish company, TidyApp, are kind of benefiting from the fact that Helplin, which is a rocket-backed venture, failed recently in Sweden, well, failed, moved out of Sweden, whatever, after entering the market uh, in the on-demand cleaning space, and now TidyApp are taking over their Swedish branch. Yeah. And this is very interesting for multiple reasons. One is that... Uh, uh, helping being rocket backed, uh, that's actually moving. Like they're, as far as I understood it, they're consolidating to a couple of um, like their strongest markets, five of them or something like that, and have left the other markets, which is uh, interesting. Um, uh, interesting strategic business decision, of course. Also, compared to that, just when they entered Sweden, they actually uh, said that that they really believed Sweden is, could be a huge market for them. So it was like it's a little bit contradictionary, but I mean that's that's how it is in, in the startup journey. You never really know what will hit, what what won't hit. But so, so it's interesting that they that they actually didn't uh, succeed good enough, and also interesting that somebody else actually takes over the business. Haven't really seen that before with rocket companies. Haven't followed that that closely either. But I think that's it's an interesting. It's obviously that of course you should be able to do that and it's a way to actually get probably some revenue or some money back from the investment you've made and, and establish this market but still uh, I haven't seen that before and that's very interesting. No, I actually didn't know about the, the fact that they said Sweden could be like a key market for them. But I think you do see this with Rocket occasionally, is that they move into markets very quickly. And then if it's not working out, they come out very quickly. I've seen them do it in other spaces as well. But this 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think that um, here. <laughs> Yeah, when, they move out, when they move out of the market, yeah. have, they, have they sold that to competitors? Not that I know of. I, d I don't know kind of – normally yeah. they just go in quickly and then they do that whole thing which you said about and then they say, oh, no, we're going to focus on our core markets yeah. instead. Like I've seen them do that before in different areas. But I think the kind of areas that Rocket enter it are mainly in is I don't think it's a surprise that this happens. And actually, I don't think it's surprising that a, a company has picked up what they've left behind because this space is so crowded and it's the type of space where one person eventually is going to win out and all the others that stand in a way are either going to be sucked up or thrown out of the way. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe that it's such a crowded space and it really, it, like, Rocket should be cleaning up in this space in the sense that they have the most money and most resources. Um, yeah. So I, I, just thinking about it, I mean, if they've left Sweden rather than kind of buying Tidy App or, or whatever or, or kind of persisting with it, they did have a lot of downsizing at the, in Helplin, which could be the reason. Um, so I'm kind of 50-50 on whether it's to do just with the downsizing of Helplin and, and of Helplin itself failing or whether they truly believe that Sweden perhaps isn't a great market after all because they do have the resources to go for it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, uh, from experience as a rocket, it's so very much number driven. So probably they have a, a lot of KPIs and it just doesn't work out and then they move out. Um, so it, it's probably a combination uh, of different things. But uh, I mean, it wasn't, it, it, as I understood it, helping wasn't really that many uh, customers. It had 750 customers uh, in Sweden when they left. So that's quite quite small yeah, i mean yeah. it's not nothing but it's not not a lot definitely and also interesting i mean that tidy app is also really really small uh, so it's not that they, it's like a larger competitor who has bought the or is who has taken over the the helplings business it's really like a, a small really new competitor but with a very similar business model as taking over um, so it's uh, yeah it's it didn't go very well for helping in sweden you can definitely uh, say that yeah, I, I think what what I, I did see is that Helplin actually earlier this year they acquired the UK equivalent Hassle, and basically they they spent thirty two million euros on it, and then like basically a month later, six weeks later, Helplin had to lay off a load of people. So I know that they have had some issues, um, if you like. So yeah, I mean whether they kind of went all in on the UK and and maybe I don't know. That bet didn't work out so well. Obviously, it's still ongoing, and that that cost them. And then, you know, then maybe they had to kind of balance the books elsewhere and sacrifice Sweden, uh, for example, with only seven hundred and fifty customers. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool in a sense that a Swedish company is able to kind of capitalize on this and kind of take that over. So at least it's, a, it's an opportunity for a, a kind of domestic company now to kind of strengthen their position in that market. So, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, I guess it's a positive thing. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, and it really shows that helping didn't go that well in Sweden. So they should move out. I mean, it's not, no point wasting resources if, no, it, if you can't no. get traction. Very true. Next, we'll move on to Simris Aug. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but they are a biotech company who do some very interesting stuff with algae and the sea. I don't fully understand exactly what they do, but they've just raised some money. Can you shed some light on what they're doing, Karsten? Yes. Yeah, so seamless uh, in Swedish, you would say seamless Ali. Okay. Uh, I probably I would guess Swedish Al, uh, seamless Ali. 
series Elg. Ah, yeah, something like that in English. And um, uh, yeah, so it's biotech. They're doing um, like omega three um, from algae. That's that's more or less what they're doing. So they're saying like it's it's uh, it's uh, unnecessary to produce it from fish because uh, it's just a waste of resources. A lot better to because the fish get the omega three from the algae themselves so it's yeah. a lot better just to go to the source and produce uh, omega-3 from algae so that's what you're doing so they're artificial or they're growing algae uh, to make o- omega-3 and um, so it's biotech in that sense interesting about Simlis Ali is that um, Frederica uh, Gulfut, who's a CEO uh, she is very active in the startup scene um, so which is a little bit unusual for biotech uh, companies, uh, but it's really fun. She's a, it's a lovely person. And so it's interesting with this, like you, you see about it and you hear about it from the tech scene quite a lot, even though it's actually not really normal tech. It's more like um, super advanced tech. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I saw that uh, Wired had featured her last year as as one of 13 people with innovations that could, uh, earlier this year even, were one of uh, 13 people with innovations that could change the world. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, it's not just like a, a fun app. She really is uh, doing something huge with the company. So it's good that she's she's able to get venture back in and to say you know because uh, of course if you are tackling a huge innovation, of course there's an opportunity there for an investor. But I guess um, you do have to be very careful with who you raise money from, and they kind of have to understand the biotech space. So it's good that she's able to kind of get back in and, and be in that biotech space, but still engage with the normal startup scene as well. Because I'm sure actually there's a lot that that kind of crosses over and that she could learn and, and we could learn from that type yeah. of company. Yeah. Definitely. But you also see that. I mean, if you look at so now they raised um, uh, 27 million kroner, so that's around 3 million euros. Uh, so now she raised 3 million euros, uh, but and that's at a valuation of um, 8 million uh, euros for the for the company so it's also like you see this as soon as you move uh, to like more harder stuff like biotech um, it's it affects how much money you can raise the valuation uh, and things like that yeah, yeah. I'm actually shocked I'm I'm, uh, I'm surprised that the the valuation is so small yeah I mean it's, it's not very small definitely not but it's just that it's, I mean, if you but it, it's also it's a lot harder I mean, the, the, the most of this money will be spent on building a manufacturing plant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, if you're a tech investor, you don't really know that much about building a manufacturing plant. So you don't really, that's, it's, it's uncomfortable for you to invest in. Um, so that makes raising money a lot harder because most of the angels are in the tech uh, scene in that perspective because that's where you've been able to make, a, build a company fast and uh, make an exit relatively fast. Or yeah. fast, but like in in like five to ten years. Yeah, and actually, she, she's talking about exits. Is she's actually uh, mentioned that they are planning to list uh, yeah. on Nasdaq First North, uh, maybe even as early as next year, early yeah. next year. So uh, of course, she's given her, hopefully, given her investors a quick return as well, or at least the possibility of a quick return. So I guess that's also a, a good way to pitch it. So yeah, this should uh, be a uh, company that that kind of continues to grow, and and when they go public next year, hopefully that will continue to be the case. So yeah, good to see kind of a true innovation in the region. Well, finally, apart from Mojo Mira, we are going to talk about some events that we went to recently. So I was actually in Copenhagen last week or a week ago, uh, two weeks ago for the Town Hall event. I was hoping to catch up with you, Carsten, but you were also traveling around that time and you went to a different event. 
Yeah, it, it was at the Nordic e-commerce summit. Uh, How was that? That was really good. It's, uh, it's twi- twice a year. As uh, I mean, I'm quite active in the e-commerce field, so it's very, it's one of the most important events for on the year for me. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's nice. It's uh, this time it was in Malmo in the in the in the arena, a big venue, really cool. And and I just like it's I like what they're doing with that conference because they're mixing up like e-commerce with everything else a little bit. So we had one of the keynote speakers was uh, Aaron Brockovich, for example. Oh, cool. Uh, which is like it's just it's just really cool that to have somebody there who's not really talking e-commerce, who's more maybe talking some uh, uh, yeah business perspective or some society perspective, and but it's a really uh, interesting story or interesting name. So yeah, so that was cool, and there were of course I mean a lot of the uh, bigger e-commerce people there. Um, so it was it was a good event, I must say. It was you was really also really good was that it's. Like a lot of small details were really nice. Like there was a, the stage was amazing. It's the best st- stage I've seen uh, at an event. Just how it looked, how it made you feel. Like that was that was really really good. And yeah, good venue, good speakers, good attendees, good okay. event. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, actually, I saw Aaron Brockovich. Like it was on my Facebook and stuff. I thought it was uh, kind of um, yeah interesting that 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 someone like that had come. So yeah. It was uh, yeah, no, kind of so, cool I mean, to watch from social media, at least. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. So, I mean, two of the two of the bigger speakers, uh, or more like uh, outside e-commerce bigger speakers on the Etsy event was Erin Brockovich, and then was uh, Peter Sunde from uh, Pirate Bay. Oh wow! And I mean, that, that's good because it like it, it it's, it's a little bit it becomes a little bit thought provoking. So you you go a little bit outside your own bubble in that sense. Yeah. So that's it's strong for a big event to to do that. I think definitely. Um, I was at a smaller event, but nonetheless, a really great one. I really enjoyed it. I was at the town hall. Um, yeah, how was it? I, I missed it, so you need to tell me as well. Yeah, it was really great, actually. I really enjoyed being back. Uh, I thought that you know there had been a bit of a break in the in the kind of the switchover of the the CEO of the, the organization, and uh, kind of of course there was a little bit of a, a stag stagnating uh, period while this switch was made, and I think like the event was meant to be a month or, or something before, but now that it's kind of rolling again. And uh, I felt that it was really back with a bang. Like I, I really felt um, the energy in the room and the excitement in the room and so many people kind of coming together. I think one thing I noticed was that previously when the, the first couple, it was always like um, a, a lot of people that I didn't know, like people who were kind of interested in the scene and what I find interesting is kind of from each meeting, the, the makeup of the audience changes. So this one, I knew half the people in the room, maybe more. And it was okay. it was people who were very kind of involved in the in the ecosystem and kind of less so of people that I think just kind of were interested. But I've noticed that, that kind of changes from event to event. So I don't know whether it's on the, the, the speakers or or whatever. But it's quite interesting to get at least a different mixture of people each time. I can't put my finger on that. But either way, it was a great event. I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Christoph Jans on stage, the the VC of Point uh, Nine Capital. He was one of the first investors in Zendesk, so it was really cool hearing why he invested in them. And like it was, you know, we were relating it to the fact, you know, these three guys were just sitting down a road from here. Um, so it was very cool to kind of get his insight on why he backed them and kind of he, he's really kind of into the whole SaaS space and gave some good insights there. Any interesting like information that came up during your uh, fireside chat with him? 
Uh, yeah, I think one of the interesting things he said was that, I mean, Zendes moved very early to the Valley. So I asked him whether he, he felt that, you know, say Zendesk was born in Copenhagen now, would they still have to move to the Valley? Yeah. And basically he said yes, but because the ecosystem had developed, that it wouldn't need to be so early. Um, so they would have been able to kind of grow initially from Copenhagen or from Europe was his view. But he felt ultimately they probably would have still had to make the move that they did, but that it wouldn't be as necessary so early now. So it was interesting to get his insight on that shift. He also has some really good insights on kind of how to build a hundred million revenue dollar company and has done some thinking behind that and kind of done some kind of working examples. Uh, so he talked a little bit about that. So it was like really tangible, actionable advice that he spoke about. Um, so it was a really cool talk. The other people, uh, the other good talk was uh, Ida Tin, who is uh, from Clue, the fertility app. They're based yeah. in Berlin, but she was she's Danish originally, back in Denmark to to talk about that. And uh, she she talked a lot about the Clue itself. But the last kind of five minutes of her talk, she really gave some great advice as well about the sacrifices you have to make as an entrepreneur to succeed and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was like really cool. Personal level. Yes. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, so great event. Uh, I think the next one is uh, something like mid-January. You probably yeah, know I think it's more than me. Twenty-sixth of January. Yeah. Okay. So next one. Yeah, mid to end of January. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping to come back again. It was great. Cool. And you will also be at Slush. Yes, I will be at Slush. Uh, I'm leaving later today from from when we recorded this. Um, there's a big Nordic presence, as you would expect. Lots of Nordic roundtables, discussions, panels. So yeah, it's going to be great. Looking forward to there's a Nordic showcase. So I think it's such a great event for for the region. I f feel like so many people are going there. I mean, like really, I have like I think like nearly a hundred of my Facebook friends are going to Slush, <laughs> which is just insane. Uh, like it's almost crazy that it's like just like an annual reunion or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's so busy at the same time. Like it, it's not an event I think where. Of course, there's fun and there's parties and stuff like that. But I think if you're in the Nordics, especially, or if you're if yeah if you're based here or, or work here, then really there's so many meetings to take, so many you know so much to do as well. So it's going to be very intense. But yeah, yeah really looking forward to it. Ah, cool, cool. And what about you, Mojo Mira? Do you want to give us a quick update before we go? <laughs> yeah. So for me, I've said as as few conferences as possible, so <laughs> focusing more on work as as usually. And um, yeah, Mutkamera is uh, moving onwards. We actually got uh, three new customers since we talked last. So oh, that's great. good. And so that's it's not not perfect, like not not like the the perfect customers, but still customers. So that's good. So we're we're starting to feel like okay, maybe we're doing something. Maybe we're moving in the right direction. It's still a focus on figuring out marketing. What kind of offer do we need to give our uh, customers? Uh, how do we package the app that we're doing? Um, that, like we're still experimenting a lot with, uh, should we have uh, uh, Fitbit um, uh, bracelets to it or not? Like is the app itself what's interesting for customers or is it the hardware, which currently is Fitbit, could be changed in the future, of course. So it's a lot of uh, um, experimenting and we do that mostly through the website and through the email marketing we do, like how do we talk about uh, softwares? So it's, it's still still experimenting. We aren't there yet. We aren't at a point where we can, uh, where we know that if we do this more, uh, then we will get this many more customers. And we're still, it's still a little bit like, hmm, why did why did we get this customer here? 
like has anybody talked to this person? No, not, not nobody's talked to that person. But hmm, okay, that's good that we got a customer. But it would be even better if we knew why. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 still. Uh, yeah. So you can't celebrate customers too much in in that sense, really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's good with it's good with customer because it's revenue. And that's good because I mean we're it's bootstrapped, so the revenue is very important. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, and it's, I mean it's um, it's just of those three customers, one of them we don't really know where uh, she came from, like how did she find out about us uh, and stuff like that. So it's on the list of asking her. Yeah. See. Of course. Okay, but it sounds like well, it's, it's going it's well. Very... Yeah, I mean, at least you're getting customers, free customers, but you don't know how you got, or one that you don't know how you got. <laughs> it's better for none. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. so uh, I think that's about it for this week. Of course, you can uh, subscribe to the show on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, we're on Twitter at Neil S W Murray and at Carsten DC. Um, at the Nordic Web as well, thenordicweb.com. Check out Carsten's site focusing on the Arson region, which is arsonstartups.com. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Carsten. Thank you, Neil. <laughs>